Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls. Super thrilled to be here with you today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm excited that you that you are here and listening. And I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. Uh, our guest is Kevin Hammer. He has become a dear friend of mine uh, over the past year or so. We, we connect regularly and and I've had an opportunity to get to know him and can't wait for him to share it with all of you. Kevin is a dad. He's a husband, a veteran, uh, currently a financial advisor, always a Christ follower, and so much more. And I, with that, I'm going to let Kevin fill in any blanks he would like to, to fill in and give us some background. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, thank you, Todd, for having me. It's, a, it's an honor and it's an, a pleasure to, uh, to be on this with you today. Um, I'm not sure I can do justice to my my profile like you did, but yes, I am a 24 uh, year veteran in the United States Navy. Started out as a rescue swimmer, air crewman. Um, I guess if you want to go back prior to that, yeah, you know, I, I went to school, uh, went to Middle Tennessee State, and partied too much, so I I had to leave, and um, I was a setback. Joined the military, like I said. After 10 years, I uh, realized, hey, I need to get a degree, so I got commissioned. Went on to flight school, and uh, kind of the rest was there. Grew up in the ranks, retired as a lieutenant commander, and then um, always been fascinated with finances, helping people get on track with finances, and went into the financial planning world. And, and here I am. Yes, I am a dad, a husband. Um, you know, I've got two grown children. One's a nurse here locally, uh, and then my son who just graduated college, trying to figure out what he wants to do. Awesome. So, how where were you in your journey in, in your career in the Navy when you um, when you first had kids? <laughs> That's a funny story. We actually started trying in '95, and then realized, uh oh, um, second part of the Iraq War w- was kind of going back up, and I'm going to get deployed again for the third time in a year and a half. So we just like, Hey, we need to stop. And, uh, I guess it was stopped a little too late. So in 1995, uh, our daughter was born and luckily I made it home in time for her birth. And, and then in 98, our son was born. I was actually on shore duty then, which meant I don't really deploy. I was an instructor in the helicopter squadron there in Mayport, Florida. Cool. So, so, from that point on, you were pretty much at home. Is that is that? No. So in 2000, I got my commission. 
Um, I was full-time uh, flight instructor in helicopters and going to school. So in 2000, I got commissioned, and then I went on to flight training as a naval flight officer. My dream was to be a pilot, but I had the dreaded eyesight problem. And God had bigger plans for me, you know. So went to flight school uh, here in Pensacola, Florida. Went on to Randolph Air Force Base and then on to fly E-6s. Most people don't know about it, but Boeing 707 in Oklahoma, uh, run by the Navy, but on Air Force Base. And I was never home. Never. My wife will tell you, she actually would prefer the six-month deployments over, you know, being gone for three weeks, home for a week, gone for three weeks, because you just never knew when I was leaving. I, I can remember times literally going out with a family for dinner, and back then it was a beeper we had. The beeper going off, go, hey, get your butt to work. You're flying. So huh. it was, it, it took its toll on my son, who was younger than, it, than my daughter. So. That, that hurt. But in 2004, I was able to, to, to get on shore duty again as an instructor here in Pensacola. And I was able to be in my, my kids' lives. You know, I was home every night. Baseball coach, football coach, you know, follow my daughter in cheerleading, gymnastics. So that was that was definitely a godsend. Uh, yeah. So if my math is right, so your son would have been six, seven about that time. And your daughter, is it three years older? So she'd have been nine or ten when we moved to pensacola yeah once when you when you got stationed here correct okay correct. okay yeah my son was in kindergarten and my daughter was in fifth grade when we moved here to pensacola so difficult times for sure you having young kids like that but i'm glad i was able to be home it was you know and also i i, I think i had over a thousand other kids you know being in, in charge of flight training you know, I had all these Marines and Navy and Coast Guard, and I was responsible for, you know, they've got issues and problems and they look up to you. So it, it was interesting. Some of the stories I could tell and won't. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so you've been leading, <clears throat> leading a long time, leading men, w w women, you know, as, as an instructor, as a trainer in the service. How has how how do the lessons there transfer over to raising your children? Was there a, was there a carryover? Oh, absolutely. Because I don't care who you are. From you know, I'm not going to say names, but someone who's a high profile individual, their their child comes through the flight training. To you know, I can remember a, a young man graduated college, wants to go into flight training, and has never driven a car, doesn't even have a license. So everyone's situation is different. And you can apply that to your own child, your own life. You know, you got to take the circumstances that are before you make the best decision that you know how maybe wrong, but you learn from it and adapt. You know, you're, you're you know, it's my first time ever being a, a dad to a daughter and a son. Oh, there's no playbook for that. And there's no playbook for, you know, leading flight students when a hurricane hits, you know, how do I protect all of them during that volatile time? So I, I think you got to take each person and look at them and never, I learned this from my wife, never judge a book by its cover. You just don't know what's mm -hmm. on the inside. Get to know that individual, what issues are going on at home, you know, or mm -hmm. in their life. You just, not everybody's going to speak up and, 
and, and tell you their problems. But as a good leader, you, I, I firmly believe you need to know the people that are working for you and how can you motivate them to be better. And it's by knowing them on a personal level. Yeah, so a couple things you, you mentioned, um, you know, the parenting thing. You never done, you know, you never raised a daughter before or son before. And somebody just uh, just a couple of weeks ago said that to me and, and they were sharing, I think, to probably uh, offer me some grace, like, hey, give yourself some grace. But also he, he was sharing that um, it really allowed him to see his parents in a different light when 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 suddenly he realized they'd never done it before. You know, we, we, we look at our parents like they're supposed to have it all figured out. That's the way your kids looked at you. Uh, and it just, it's, it's just the nature of it, right? We're the leaders of the family. Like, oh, they have this all figured out. Um, but none of us have ever done this. I've never, I've never raised a 15-year-old son before this year. And next year will be, I will have never, it'll be the first time with a, raising a 16-year-old son. And you can say, well, yeah, but what if you've had multiple kids? You know what? As you just pointed out, everyone's different. And so it's the first time with that particular personality, that particular uh, son or daughter with the challenges they have. And I just, I want to unpack that a little bit because I think as parents, at least for me, I tend to be, um, I can beat myself up when, when, when I think I've screwed up as a dad. Um, and so, uh, just offering that, that little bit of grace, I think helps. It's like, oh, you screwed up. Don't don't do it again. But there's no there's no instruction manual for this. There isn't, you know. And you made me just think of something. I, I love my parents to death. They're no longer with me, but they were hard on me. I was the youngest, so the next brother up for me was ten years older than me. So I, I didn't really have siblings to grow up with, and my parents were much older, so they didn't get out there and do stuff with me. You know, I. Mm. I've, I had very few memories of them actually at a, you know, soccer game, football game. It just didn't exist. And I can remember my, my dad telling me, why in the world are you spending so much time being a coach and traveling all over the country with your daughter and cheerleading and gymnastics? And I couldn't tell him the reason why, because I didn't want it to be hurtful. It was because that would have meant so much to me as a kid. Like my parents are there. So navigating that scene of, of, you know, coming home from work and that's my lab in the background. Um, How does that at work and and balancing that life kid balance? Sorry about that. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And like you said, there's no, there's no instruction for that. So I, I think that helps you out as a leader too, you know, you're, you got to be flexible. You know, yeah. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. A few, so a few minutes ago, you mentioned um, because of those you know, differences and everybody's their own individual and you have to get to know them, right? If you're, if you're going to lead them. And um, how do you, how do you do that? And what I mean by that is, is maybe have you learned any, um, how do you connect quickly? You know, and I'm thinking of, of some of the things that uh, John Maxwell talks about. Everybody communicates, few connect, and, and that importance of getting to know the person that you're that you're leading. Um, how do you do that quickly? Be yourself. Um, you know, 
it's one thing to be the leader and stand up and bark out orders. You got to do this. You got to do that. But lead by example. There's no way I'm going to have tell somebody to do something, you know, back to the military days, unless I've done it myself. And I can assure you, I've done it being enlisted, you know, cleaning toilets, you know, um, painting. But that way you've got an understanding of what it is that they're doing. What are the tasks that they have to do, the difficulties involved? But then just say you're passing by in the hallway. Hey, Todd, how are you doing? You know, how's the family? And you just let them lead the conversation. You know, they may be hanging their head. It's like, hey, what's wrong? Show that you care. And, and they may let out, you know, hey, you know, my wife's going through something or, you know, my, my child's sick. And just listen. Just listening and showing compassion. I found that those people under you will work, I swear, 10 times harder for you um, and go out of their way. So I'm going to uh, just let you know that my experience with you uh, as a friend, you're very good at that. You're very good at showing that you care and taking genuine interest and listening. So, so thank you for that. It's been a gift. Yeah. Um, you see, so going back to the military career, because you wanted to be a pilot and you, you, you hit a, you hit a detour. Uh, eyesight. So tell me just how you, you know, how, how'd you process that? Was it, was it easy? Was it just like, Oh, oh well, I'm going to do something different. Or, or like what, what was the, what was the emotional and mental journey that you went through as you had to readjust? It wasn't easy. I, I'm not going to lie there. It was, it was a huge letdown. It was a, a major disappointment here. I'm thinking it was my dream as a kid. You know, I wanted to fly airplanes. I could stay and watch airplanes for hours. So it was an automatic thing for the military. Oh, you, you can't be a pilot, so we're going to make you a backseater. Um, and in your the first six months of training, you're actually flying front seat at the control. So you're like, hey, man, I can do this. What? Who cares if I wear glasses, right? But, you know, they don't look at it that way. And that was back in the days before you could have LASIK. And, and it took a long time. Um, I would say many years of, you know, like, why, why, you know, I felt like I was always taking second place and it was finally, I probably, when I became a Lieutenant and had more people under me, it was like, you know what, it's not about what you're doing it, but how you're doing it. And what I mean by that is there's people I'm responsible for and a family I'm responsible for, um, make a difference in their lives, um, make a difference in your workplace. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure I ever really got over it, you know, of, man, I wish I could be in my son's shoes right now and be able to go get LASIK. Um, but God had different plans, you know, in my tour, my last tour, I came down with a heart condition that took me out of flying anyways. So would I be in the airlines right now? No. I wouldn't. And would I want that lifestyle? No, I got good friends that do it. God called me to to use my, I guess, personal skills to help them instead of find people across the country. Yeah. So what I answer that, what would you offer someone that, that experiences that sort of disappointment? And it's, thank you for your, your openness that it was really hard, but also that you, you aren't sure that you really 
ever got over it, I think is what you said. So, but, but you've, but you've walked that journey, um, pretty significant disappointment and, and, a, and a life's dream, um, that, that got shut down. So what would you tell, uh, what'd you tell somebody or what would you offer somebody? Maybe not tell, maybe, but what would you offer somebody, um, that hits that kind of wall or has that kind of disappointment? Keep moving. There's certain things in your life that you can control and there's certain things you can't. And one of the things I could not control was my vision. I could not control the Navy saying you need a 2020 vision, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, so you got to make the best of it. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to be upset and miserable. Well, I used to tell all my folks, you know, you can put me in a foxhole in Afghanistan. Sure, it's going to stink. It's going to be miserable, but can I at least make it somewhat tolerable by having a positive attitude, joking around and trying to have fun? Absolutely. So no matter how many lemons you're given, oh, well, I don't like the term of lemonade. Let's make some margaritas, you know, so it's all in your mind and your mind. I'm a firm believer is it probably the strongest tool we have because it can work for you and it can work against you. So always stay in that positive mindset. And it's not an easy thing to do, but, you know, that's why you got to surround yourself with folks like you. you know, I use you as an accountability partner every week, and it starts my week off fantastic. So thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, so is that, and then that'd be the follow-up question. Um, and when you mentioned the power of, of the mind, um, and to control kind of our attitudes, our moods, et cetera. Um, what tools do you use to A, keep yourself in, in the positive mindset? And you, just, you mentioned one, surrounding yourself with the right people. And I think that is absolutely key. Um, but what, happen, what happens at the times when, when you – you stumble a little bit and you go down that path of negative negativity. And, you know, for some people, I heard somebody just yesterday talk about this. It's kind of a loop, like, Oh, something bad happened. Oh, what's going to be next? And, and, I'll, and inevitably then there's a next. So wondering if, if you ever experienced that. Um, and if like, how do you, how do you break out of it when you do find yourself with, as my friend Robbie would say, with the stinking thinking? Yeah. I, I kind of go back to, when my kids were young, I mean, my wife would get on me and she'll tell you back then, you know, my mindset was everything had to be perfect. That's just how the Navy was, you know, if it, attention to detail. If it wasn't perfect, someone's going to die. Well, that's not the case in family life, really. You know, your, your kid dropped a glass of milk. What's the worst thing that happened? Okay. Milk's on the floor. Big deal. In the big scheme of things, you know, especially now later on in my life, you know, I've lost friends that are young. My son has lost, he's 23 years old. He's already lost six friends already in his lifetime. So in the, in the big scheme of things, the, the, the stink that you're going through, it may feel bad, but learn from it. There's a reason why God put that bump in the road for you. There's a reason I'm a firm believer of that. So again, it goes back to your mindset. If you got a positive mindset, you can get through it. Is every day perfect? Absolutely not. I mean, there's days, you know, I get down on myself. Like, you know, 
why why can't things be better? Why can't I have this? Why can't I have that? And I find exercise helps me. You know, I try to, I'll get out and just go take a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yourself yeah. has to come first. And I use God. I, I, every morning I start my day out with meditation, asking God to keep me grounded, keep me focused. Um, and sure, I mean, there's there's times that, that that devotion, it's like, that's not even applicable to me. Like, why am I doing this? But I tell you what, the days that I needed the most, it was like, wow. <laughs> that I needed that. So there is a reason for this. He he always shows up. If, yes. if, if you're watching. Um, and it could be in a daily devotional or maybe some scripture or maybe in something somebody says or a call. But, yeah. Uh, I'll use a, a perfect example and I won't use names, but, you know, I was d- down in the dumps. And as you know, we talked about this of, uh, you know, can I be a successful financial advisor? It's like the ethical people don't get ahead, you know, and do I really want to continue grinding it out every day for rejection, rejection. And then a good friend of mine lost his wife and his current advisor, who is a friend of mine, took advantage of them. And that reinvigorated me like, okay, I am here for a reason. And that reason is to truly help. God will take care of me. He always has. I've never not gone without. Matter of fact, I live a pretty nice life. Um, And even today, you know, I I get a text from him. Thank you so much. Um, Hey, I got the situation going on with my brother. Can you help? Absolutely. So yeah, God brings things in your life and firmly believe that to, to kind of redirect you, you know, it's like being on a highway, you know, you, you traffic ahead or accident ahead. God knows ahead of time and kind of redirects you. Yeah. And you know, oftentimes we don't see it until we look back and just, it's true. so, you know, we were talking about just, we started this with, you know, that, that daily devotional on the positive side of it, but then your analogy about being on, on the road and it's a detour and that happens, it happens a lot in life. And uh, oftentimes the initial reaction is, Oh, what now? Um, and so you take this detour and, and, you know, it turns out as you take the detour and I'm going to continue with this metaphor, but you get to drive through some lovely country and maybe over a, you know, a, a, an old historic bridge and you get to see this babbling brook and some nature and then you're back on the road and, and you realize that you were enriched for the experience. And I think life is like that. And if we're, you know, we, we don't always know what that, you know, uh, we don't always understand why the road took us the way it did until we look back and see God's hand in it. You just made me think of of an analogy that I go back to all the time. It's back when I flew, you know, we meticulously plan for each and every flight from looking over that airplane to getting in it. Hey, when I take off, I'm taking a right. I'm going this distance. But you want to know something? I would say more than 75% of the time, it never worked out like you planned it. There's a detour somewhere. Weather, traffic, problem with the airplane. But in the end, guess what? I always got to my destination I planned for, though. I just didn't go from A to B. I went from A to C to Z to then back to B. You know, but I got to my destination and I got there safely. 
and you learn from that. It's pretty cool. It is. It, it, that's super cool. And I love the analogy because the one thing you didn't say was you don't just give up and stop flying. I mean, you, you, oh. and you, you, you keep with the destination in mind. So I think you, know, you have to know where you're going. But with the destination in mind, uh, you, you make the adjustments as necessary and you keep on towards the destination. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to keep your sights on what does that finish look like? That's why I like having short-term goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? So, going to go all way back to the beginning. You 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 started school, and you said you partied too much. You dropped off and enlisted. Then what? What was the journey like to end up now as a financial advisor? Wow. Uh, that was a long road, but it was, I wouldn't change it because it helped me form friendships that lasted forever. I almost look at it as like a fraternity. You know, I started off rough, you know, like, like I'm a troublemaker. Uh, I can't do well in school. Well, I, I can do well in school. I proved that to myself. To, to now at the end, it's like here I am in a, I don't want to say level authority, but I'm a professional that's giving people advice on probably one of their most coveted treasures, which is money, and it's God's money. That's what helps guide us through life. You know, um, money is not going to make you happy. I'll tell you that right now. I've got some clients, they're multimillionaires, and I swear they're miserable. But Yeah, I, I kind of go back to you know my flying days when I when I give planning for for wealth. You know, it's you're on that journey. It never goes as planned, but as long as you can stay adaptable and make the changes necessary and give yourself an out to make those changes, it's all going to work out. You can't you can't plan for every contingency though. That's what I've learned from starting out flying to now. You cannot plan for every contingency. I didn't see that coming when I was flying and I certainly didn't see COVID-19 hitting and the market dropping 50% in a matter of two weeks, you know, but are we better off financially than we were back then? Absolutely. And it's all a mindset. Coming back to the power, power of the mind again. Absolutely. So as a, so a long military career and then kids and, and a successful marriage through all that. So you've been married a number of years. You successfully raised two children. They're out of the house and, and contributing to, to society. How do you, so how do you balance all that? Like how did, I'd imagine there's been tension at times, like trying to, Actually, I don't have to imagine. I know there's been tension at times because I experienced it myself as a person that is, you know, a, a business owner, um, husband, dad, and making it all work. How did you do it? Honestly, it's not perfect. And if you understand that it's not perfect, and you got to learn to say no sometimes, you got to take care of yourself and then your family. That has to come first. 
Um, we're entrepreneurs and we're totally all in on our businesses. I, I, I get that. But sometimes you just got to go, I can't get it all done today. And that's okay. The world's still going to go on. You know, like I was listening to a book, an audio book the other day where it talked about, I would not put more than two essential productive goals that you need to do for the day. You start going beyond that and it's too much and your, your mind gets overwhelmed. So I, I look at that just with the family, you know, just the other day, you know, there was a, well, we thought it was a crisis, but my dog, my son called up crying. I probably shouldn't say that on a podcast with a 23 year old. And I had to drop what I was doing with a client and thinking, oh no, I probably ruined this. But you know what? It didn't ruin it. Matter of fact, that they respected that. They're like, oh man, yeah, that was cool that you were able to get back home, take care of what needed to be taken care of. We can continue on. You know, human beings are compassionate. Um, you know, in the society that we live in now, you know, we got these smartphones, we got these computers that go with us everywhere. We're working 24 hours a day sometimes, and it's not good. Sometimes you just need to step back and enjoy life. You know, it's especially in my profession, you know, I, I help people out with retirement, but is retirement really the last 20 years of your life? But some people never make it to that. So mm-hmm. let's enjoy life now as well. Go spend time with your kids. Go spend time with your wife, spend time with yourself. Sometimes you got to say no. And I hope I'm making sense on that. You are, you make absolute sense. And it's something that I would, um, yeah, I, I would tell my coaching clients or I wouldn't tell them, but, uh, it's, it's one, just one of those strong beliefs that I have, <clears throat> uh, time for yourself, time with your spouse, time with your, with your kids. Um, and you have to schedule it. You have to be intentional about it. Um, and listening to, I think it was, uh, could have been, could have been Michael Hyatt, maybe Chris McCluskey with, uh, professional Christian coaching Institute, but talked about as they, as they set up their week and their, their, um, their schedule, they put those three, those things in first, like literally schedule it because work just fills in the gaps. I mean, there's, there's never going to be a shortage of opportunity to work. Um, if you don't schedule those things first, as I just mentioned, work fills in those gaps and, and that, then the opportunities missed. Um, so just being intentional about um, whether it's you know a date night with your with your spouse or uh, guys hanging out afternoon guy day with with your son or daddy daughter date whatever it is get it on the calendar. Uh, Self care, exercise, like make appointments, appointment with VIP, appointment with VIP, and then I think just important is to honor those appointments. Um, cause that's the other thing I hear sometimes, well, I made the appointments, but then something came up. Well, th- was it really an appointment then in your head? Because if it was your lawyer, your doctor, your dentist, you would have rescheduled it or you would have made sure that the appointment didn't get moved anyhow. So I'm sorry. I, I jumped up on my soapbox a little bit, but that, cause what you said no, made absolute awesome. sense. Yeah, no, it's, um, no, that's, that's a great analogy. I love it. I love it. And and make it, if I can add to that, you know, the making memories, you know, you're going to be on your deathbed and your your kids are going to 
what are they going to really remember? Are they going to remember the, the money you left them? No. They're going to remember those times you were in the backyard throwing a football or, in my case, you know, traveling with my daughter for a cheerleading event down to Disney World for the 100th time, right? Um, <laughs> you just made me think of something. My daughter went on an, her first anniversary trip with her husband this past week, and in her mind, it was a disaster. The flights got canceled because of weather, lost her luggage, all this and that. And I, I told her, I said, you know what? This is probably one of those vacations you're going to remember forever, and you're going to laugh. It's going to, you're going to look back and it's going to be enjoyable. She's like, no, I want. I said, all right, well, ask your brother what ski trip out of all the ski trips we've done together. He remembers the most. And sure enough, it was the one where we had the weather delay. We had to take a bus through the pass of Colorado. thinking we we're going to die because it was snowing so hard. We were late. It was probably the most fun we were at. You don't remember the times when it all went perfect. Heck no. Make it's memories. Right. That's my advice. It's- it's, it's awesome. And it's funny you put it that way because it really ties into our analogy earlier about just life in general and, and how plans never work out the way you're supposed to, the way they're supposed to. But oftentimes it's those, it's that very thing that adds, adds the color and excitement and beauty to life that makes it most memorable. Correct. And it's a journey every day for me because, you know, like I struggle with, well, it's got to be this way. It has to be. You know, I'm learning, you know, I've learned. Sometimes going off the beaten path and it's probably the best. Yeah. It's a memory. Life's too yep, short. Yep. It is too short. Making memory. So I think that's, uh, that seems like a good place to start uh, heading for, for landing this thing. Um, just with that in mind, uh, remember to take time to make the memories. For, for I think it goes to your model. I, I know it goes to your motto. Stay positive, stay focused. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, as, as we as we start to wrap this up, if you were to, if you had one question that you think we should all be asking ourselves, or or maybe one piece of advice, either one. So either a piece of advice or a question we should be asking ourselves. What would what would you offer up? First thing that comes to mind is happiness. Happiness is not something that you can physically achieve, if that makes sense. It's a, it's a mental state, and you're in control of it. You determine whether or not you're happy or not. Again, I'm going to have fun in a foxhole in Afghanistan. It's all state of mind. If I don't mind, the bad situation doesn't matter. Cool. Cool, cool. Kevin, for anybody looking to to get in contact with you, to learn more about you, to to have a call with you, where do we what's their best way to reach out to you? Um, just go online, uh, Merrill Lynch here in Pensacola, Kevin Hammer. Um, there are two Kevin Hammers in the state of Florida, so I'm Kevin.hammer um, at ml.com. You can reach out to me or just got questions, concerns of what's going on. I'm just here to, to give you a second opinion that Friends helping friends, human beings helping human beings. Awesome. Cool, cool. Hey, thanks so much. This has been awesome and great to have you on. Um, yeah, so just thank you. Your, your time is is truly a gift, and I appreciate it. So uh, to our listeners, to all you out there listening, thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, whatever, whatever dreams you have, whatever big vision God has given you and put on your heart, remember, you can. I believe in you. Until next time, peace. Well, thank you so much for listening. 
For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.